Hello, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome. We have a podcast for you tonight. This is the Gambit Podcast where we talk about Grand Arena and apparently the road ahead. Uh, I am SoloBase15. I am here with my good friend Zareth. Zareth, are you ready for this monster we will have tonight? <laughs> I, I think I had better be. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I won't survive otherwise. It's going to be, yeah, I think there's going to, there's, there's too much to talk about and I, yeah. that'll be good. That'll be fun. I just, yeah, oof, I can't believe when we were, when I was thinking about all the different stuff to talk about, because like 3v3, there are things happening in, in just in 3v3 on its own. And then, you know, beyond that, we have the road ahead and the road ahead is so smashed full of stuff. I, yeah. Yeah. It took me, no joke, normally our outline, a little behind-the-scenes info for everyone out there. Uh, when I create our outline, it's usually five minutes before the show. It takes me about four minutes, and I have one minute to go get a drink. No joke, it took me like 20 minutes to set up this outline today. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't like it when we have to spend time on the podcast <laughs> yeah right a, let me hit click go and just yeah start um i prefer it when we can just both right kind of roll up and we're just like groggily enter like typing in a couple random things <laughs> and like five minutes later we're like all right just just go <laughs> yeah all right with that said uh good thing it's it's a tv week no joke Bodie. i'm there's a reason i got my stuff done while i was at work and didn't do work rather than uh save it for tonight <laughs> oops uh all right so with that said why don't we get started uh this Good. is a grand arena podcast so i figured we would start with something grand arena related and it's actually we, we got a ton of good podcast questions today i felt like two weeks into 3v3 this specific podcast question really fit a top of the show type of discussion. So we can talk about GAC and then talk about the road ahead and the 18 million things in the road ahead that will affect GAC, but not as much. So the question was asked of what squads are the biggest winners and losers when it comes to transitioning from 5v5 to 3v3. So (laughs) It is not a small question, which is why I kind of put it at the top of the show rather than having to gloss over it. But I think it's one that everybody, everybody kind of wants answered because we have two weeks left. You know, people are looking to save their season if they lost a couple times in 3v3 because they hate it, or they're just looking to stay strong and look for the next team uh, rather than the ones that worked in the past. So in 3v3, are, are there any comps that you've had recently that are just outplaying what they do when we have 5v5 Grand Arena? It's a great question. I feel like most of them, honestly, do have some good uh, do have some good life. I think things like uh, like the, the Resistance Hero Bros, um, you know that team. Like you don't see you don't see Finn too often as the leader. Um, I think in general, 3v3, the real winners, if you want to call it that, um, are the different leadership characters that just don't really see play in 5v5. Because 5v5, you have seven teams on offense, seven teams on defense, at least if you don't fail any. But uh, so you have these five, you have these 14 uh, leaders. 
when you go to 3v3, you suddenly have 11 on each side. So 22, you're going to have to use more leads. So like, and I don't mean to, I don't want to steal yours exactly. Um, but like, I, I just think it's cool. Like you've kind of started uh, using wedge lead a lot. And yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I, I do think one of the things that I've noticed uh, that I didn't really notice until this season is Han and Chewie don't need Commander Luke, really, <laughs> but not in 3v3. Like, they're good as long as they have a leadership that gives them some kind of meaningful damage buff. They're good. Like, Kira, even Greedo I used. I think that that's one that, that works pretty well. Um, he's, he's pretty squishy, even at gear 12, but I get they're good. What, 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 are some thoughts, uh, what are some thoughts you have, Solo? I'm, I'm sure I'll come up with a few others as well. Yeah, so um, I think, <laughs> of course, I'm going to start with resistance. The JTR trio, and it doesn't matter which droid goes with JTR and BB-8. It's either 3PO or R2. Because of those exposes and because uh, of just all the turn meter manipulation and the other side can't build a full team, I think JTR shoots up higher than she does in 5v5. And, you know, I use JTR in basically everything in 5v5. So she is a lot stronger because you just can't build a strong enough team around her opponents. You know, you basically have a tank, a support, and attacker on every 3v3 team, or at least the ones we see on defense. And one attacker is not enough to cut through the constant foresight and healing of JTR and the exposes doing uh, was at 20% max health damage. Every time she hits an expose on a crit hit, I think she really shoots up. Um, I, I would say, I, I mean, this sounds ridiculous because Darth Revan is so strong, but Darth Revan in three V three is the best non galactic legend team in the game. Um, yep, hands down without a doubt. And granted he's, probably the second or third strongest team in the game in 5v5 but it's just it's such a drastic difference in 3v3 um you know he is definitely a winner which of course makes general skywalker who's the person he's replacing is the best team as probably the biggest loser in 3v3 i would think yeah i mean for me he's like yes sometimes i use him as a uh on his own team, like yeah. he, he's still very good. Of course, yeah, three, yeah. Like, I see people try to solo with him, and it it either makes me nervous or it makes me laugh, depending on if I like them or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, oh, let's see this. I hope they fail. Like <laughs> it's kind of messed up. I won't lie, but uh, like, yeah, I, I think that I think that General Skywalker is still good, but he he is he is like. I usually I'm just like sure I could throw him on this other team to beat something harder like he's just like a role player at this point you know like right. it, we talk we use basketball analogies sometimes you know he's he's not like that star player anymore he's he's kind of just like this guy who you know he shoots threes really well yeah or you know like he plays he plays defense really well so you you sub him in when you your team needs a stop and one of your good offensive players is just going to screw you over by missing his <laughs> defensive assignment so you know like 
Because yeah. what what could he kill on his own? That's really good. I like he that's gets really whole, good. Yeah, like uh, he can't. You know, he can't. He can't do it. Like I I can't think of a team that I'd feel comfortable sending him against that is really good. Like no, he'll he'll win a small percentage of the time against Darth Revan teams. Um, and, and he'll usually actually be able to take down. Like he'll help. He'll be instrumental in a two shot. I guess. But that, that's pretty pathetic if that's the best he can do. Um, it, like against General Grievous, even he gets terrible banners against everyone. He gets bad banners. Like, yeah, I, I you know, he is he he can't. Well, not that he can't be a lead, but against good teams, he's not going to be the leader. You know, a lot of times if I don't need him to kill a galactic legend as a support, basically on a team. I use him to beat like the Asajj cheese team. Like, okay, you prevent revives, just go kill this B minus team, basically. Um, Cause that's what I feel comfortable using him against. Uh, it's, it's a shame. It really is. I think some of the other losers are uh, general grievous teams without the other droids. I mean, the fact that you can beat him with Rex arc fives, consistently you can beat him with night sisters at a good chunk of the time and it's without zombie or daka <laughs> like i you know you know what solo i was gonna say that but um i had an embarrassing uh accident this last match that made me rethink the value of of grievous but i think you're well, right uh, yeah i that's what that's also why i didn't say night sisters consistently um (laughs) and the reason i say he's a loser is because i can't not this season this season i just stick him on defense and say go eat a team up or something um let him be somebody else's problem but i kept him for offense last 3v3 season so what was that july-ish um and Every time I was attacking, I was like, can this Grievous team kill this team I want to attack? And the answer was no. Or he could, but it was going to be ridiculously ugly. And I was like, oh, but you're supposed to be good. And he's just not. Um, Another team that our losers are, well, depends on how you use them. On defense, Geos have lost all the bite. I I still use them to tremendous success on offense. Um, but on defense, Geos honestly probably shouldn't be put on defense because Relic Geos are getting beaten by Gear 12 Treya teams, and that's a problem. You know, when you're trading down like that, where Relics are getting beat by G12, it, it can create serious problems. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, oh, we're com- so Forsu just said we're competing with cam mission streams. That explains. Uh, that explains things. Damn cam people. Uh, Damn it all, cam folk. <laughs> we'll say for the first time ever, both accounts got cam shards for me. This Dude, time. That's that's it's such an ironic twist to things because this is the first time in like over half a year. That I failed a campaign. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
there there is a small element of rng like the oh yeah the truth is like i um i couldn't target Django. i couldn't do damage to him for like almost the entire fight until like the only one who could actually do damage was rex like for right and then and then right when i was about to kill him like then he he got he got a kill on one of my clones and he re-upped his uh, bounty hunter's <laughs> resolve and that was it so uh there you go I yeah mean, it it does happen i it does my it just uh, sucks though <laughs> i'm so mad yeah last last round my alt got it and my alt still has a couple of r5 clones like my alt is nothing special but it's now two months in a row that i've gotten it on my alt uh but so my alt got it and my main account didn't just because the reek targeted fives five times in a row like what are you supposed to do with that you know it's all right there's going to be no sacrifice tonight boys good luck yeah uh, i suppose i'll lose now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, uh but anyway so we do have a lot to talk about and we are kind of getting discarded there all right so but so the question about biggest winners and losers 5v5 to 3v3 leads to a good sort of transition into what teams are you seeing in 3v3 that you have sat there and just either said, you know, oh, wow, that's a good team, or they're giving you a headache when you're trying to counter because you don't want to overkill them. You know, it's because everybody has those teams of, oh, I can beat this, but uh, do I want to use X to, get, to beat it? Like, is there anything that you have in your back pocket or you've seen that you want to steal? Um, so good, good question. I think, yeah, there, there's a lot of, man, here's the thing. So, so I, I hear people complain about this all the time. Like we have a, we have our own uh, Grand Arena Discord server, of course. So everyone in this uh, listening at this point knows, but um, like, so I, I hear a lot of chat things and I, I, I just, sometimes I'm, I'm left scratching my head because I, I hear people saying things even in this, in our Discord, usually not. But uh, these these people, they're like, "Well, GAC is so boring, like it's dead." I, I get comments on my YouTube about this sometimes too, of like, "GAC has been solved. All the counters are already out there. Like, just because they add a couple characters doesn't mean they actually change anything." And it's crazy to me that they say that because I'm constantly, especially in three v three, even as even as much as I cringe about three v three these days, like I am just constantly busy finding new counters and discovering new stuff. Like. It is, it's certainly not dead. Um, and man, uh, so the two teams that really stick out to me, and I only say this, I kind of cringe to say it because I don't like it. I don't like the idea of handing it out to everyone, kind of. I like having my weapons that no one else has, um, you know, our nuclear superiority kind of thing. But like the two teams that I see all the time or working all the time consistently are uh, CLS with 2PO and 3PO. That team hits way harder than you would think it would. Yep. And then the team that I don't get any defenses with, you don't get any defenses with, but apparently Endal and Ando and Kleso <laughs> and all the other people who use it besides us get our Asajj lead with Zombie and Newt. Those yep. are the two sleeper teams right now that people should, in my opinion, be putting on defense unless you can find a cool way to use them on offense, they're just going to be less efficient banners wise, but defense, man, 
they're defensive powerhouses that are pretty cheap. That uh, yeah, that that one is a very cheap team. Um, if you, I do like if you don't set CLS on defense, you want to keep CLS for offense. Which I, I kind of that team that you just mentioned, I'm I've kind of put that in the DR camp of I don't know if it will ever come to offense for me because it's just so good on defense. You stick it on the front bottom and say, yeah, you choose what you want to beat with it you know, something's in the back. Um, but if you don't want to use that team or you can't, for some reason, I do really enjoy old Ben chopper and Chupio. And it is, it sounds like a nothing team. I said it in the first week, it probably got three or four holds for me just because all of that evasion and turn meter gain and assisting and blind, it is a headache and a half. Uh, first time I fought it, it was actually Gums <laughs> team, whereas Chopper was like gear 13 and plus 140 speed. And my God, did my JTR, who went first, by the way, struggle to take that team down. Um, but it's not. It's not an easy team to beat. So I, I do like that team too. But it's gotten to the point where CLS, 2PO, 3PO, I, it, it's it's legit. Um, it, do you it's even prob- use on it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. Sorry. I. Oh yeah. I just like. I'm like. I don't know what what we do against that team. Like, I haven't come across it yet personally, but I will because because that's how these things work. But like, right. I've beat full Commander Luke teams with mine. Um, you can lose. I thought it was funny. Our colleague uh, Mudbum, who is of, uh, you know, uh, probably more or uh, he's. I mean, self-proclaimed, he's more uh, entertainment oriented. But like, he's a streamer as well, and he he tried geos, which he has some pretty good geos, and they lost to that team. Like, and that's a team you you consider to be a like kind of a, a you know a. a world beater in a way world beater isn't quite the right word but like like you beat all the b-level teams with them usually you know and and they have utility beyond just beating you b-level teams like they can clean up galactic legends and stuff like they're a legitimately strong team for a lot of different reasons on offense and it like they lost to that team like his team exploded against it in fact (laughs) it wasn't close and so what what do you use like night sisters do they work I, I, you know like you stop getting turn meter you stop getting all this stuff because of confusion and you don't have a way to dispel because 3v3 you're, you're limited to only three characters like I, it's it's kind of a nightmare of a team now that i'm thinking of it i kind of wonder if uh kru hux nope that wouldn't work because you need an attack i was gonna say kru hux what but you need you need actual damage on that team and you wouldn't have it. Uh, and Lars, we're talking about CLS, 2PO and 3PO. Um, actually, I, I think first order probably could do it just because all the exposes will mean nothing to KRU and Kylo. That, that very well could be. I was thinking right now, like, Maybe my, and they're all relic, but like my bounty hunter squad might be able to do an yeah. okay job. 
And I, I, I mean, if I saw it, honestly, the first thing I would probably want to use would just be my JKR team. Because you'll have Jolie, yeah. you'll have Savior, you can survive an initial blast. You have the tenacity up at the start. But if I'm drawing your Jedi Knight Revan with my CLS team, CLS B team, really, because it doesn't have Han and Chewie, right. I, I consider that a win. Because I'm 100% putting General Grievous in the back with the CLS team in the front. Because what yeah. are you going to kill it with? You know? Well, and then really, like Jedi Knight Revan, a lot of times these days, you want Jedi Knight Revan available to counter things with. <laughs> right. I want him available to kill whatever Galactic Legend that they set. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that to me, that's been the trickiest thing is uh, with with all the Galactic Legends and stuff, Jedi Knight Revan is fantastic. His kid is amazing as a piece to being able to uh, counter a lot of these things. And so, uh, yeah, I, I tend, like, how do you, how do you use the, um, how do you use the commander, or how, how do you use Jedi Knight Revan at, in that capacity as a just-in-case for the back zone? Right. when he wants to kill all the things in that front zone like a, a, a good player <laughs> right. a good player is going to make that you know he's going to hook that up kind of yeah uh you know we talk about and i don't want to say this um but if you want to trap somebody you put uh ep bastila malik and you put that cls team and you put one other team like maybe padme that can draw out a Jedi Knight Revan in that front zone. And then in the back zone, you put every team that he actually can kill. And you might, you very well could win that way. Um, but then again, that would go against my thing of ever putting EP with Bastille and Malik. Cause that's just wrong on so many levels, but you know, if you were trying to, <laughs> if you're yeah. trying to draw out a trap, that's the way you do it. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's just been a so what I've been trying to do, uh, and it's it's going to change up here and there, but um, so I, I don't really feel that bad about talking about it here. But like trying to find things that, and we this is age old, but just trying to put things in that front zone that are going to draw a certain squad, so that yeah. when they get to the back, they can't counter your the squad in question as well. Um, and that goes into go, like checking their GA history. And to be fair, like I hasn't, I haven't run into a ton of success on that level, anyways. Like, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's a, it's a very tricky situation, I guess, where, um, you know, you're you're trying to find, you're trying to find the right, uh, I don't know, the the right counters. And you, gosh, I'm not explaining this well. So. Let me just start over. So what, what, if you can check their GA history and just see the things that they're good or that they're like, have these predispositions toward countering, you're like, okay, they always, always use Treya against Geonosians. And like, that's their crutch. And then if, if you see an example, especially in their history of like them failing against Geonosians when they have to use something else, that's the team. And this is just an example, but like that, that's the team you want to say like, okay, what else would they use Treya against? That's the squad you put in the front zone. They kill your squad with Treya. And then in the back zone, you put Geos in there. And then they're going to struggle because they don't know what else can beat 
geos and that's probably right. a poor example at this point like geos have way more counters these days but like if you can find something that's going to force them to counter you up front then in the back like the thing i've been trying to do um is put the resistance heroes in the back and the commander luke team in the front because people in my opinion it makes no, it makes a lot of sense like you use commander luke to counter the, the, the Commander Luke with Han and Chewie team to counter Commander Luke with 2PO and 3PO. Like, I, I feel like that would be an easy win. So when you do that, then they go into the back and they don't have Commander Luke to beat the Resistance Hero Bros. That has worked a couple times, this 3v3 for me. Uh, yeah, okay. I've done that every time this week. <laughs> every time this week, the bros were in the back and uh, my CLS was in the front. Yeah, I mean, and that's... It hasn't worked as well for me, man. I've, I'm about, I'm gonna put a video out here pretty soon. I don't know. I think it'll be either tonight or tomorrow, but it'll just be like the you know my random observations about three v three. But like a it's a philosophy shift for me, and I I should probably talk about it here, frankly, uh, just just to front load it because it in my opinion it, it's a little extreme, but you know especially from you and I like to do our. Uh, our fu defenses and i still like having a strong defense you need you need things that are going to trip people up um yeah but um i i honestly now i i've been discovering all these different counters i'm not saying i've developed them or whatever but like these things that you can kill their best teams with your own best teams for really high banners the the problem in the past has been trying to beat their really strong teams with your own strong teams would only get you, you know, like 47 banners or something. Yeah. And now, now that I can get 53 every time or 55, it, it, it changes the equation quite a bit in, in the favor of playing efficiency play. So it does. It, how have, how have you been doing with that? Uh, well, so, before, before I get into that and sorry for the podcast listeners, but GOM and Operation Metaverse, thank you guys for the raid. We appreciate it, and good to see everybody here. Um, now, with that said, I have kept two Galactic Legends on offense every time. Um, at, literally, at all six fights, I've had two Galactic Legends on offense. I've had Ray on defense. I really want to bring Ray on offense, Um basically to use the Ray versus Ray counter that I know on my, that you put out a video on and on my all I'm getting 53 or 54 banners every time with that mirror match. The reason I'm not right now is I have not been full cleared and my Ray has held, held the line literally every single match. They can't get through my Ray. Um, we'll talk about it when we talk about our weeks a little later. Most of the time that's because I'm facing people that put every single galactic legend on defense and they just don't have an answer for Ray. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard to take it off defense when it's doing so well right now. So one day, right. one day I will. Uh, and I do, I do actually agree with the line of thinking, but it's just one of those don't mess with success type of, Oh no, you well. got to ride that hot streak until, I mean, I, I would argue that now is about the time to change that a tiny bit at least because yeah. you're going to start getting more, uh, 
I mean, the last two weeks, and especially the final week, uh, you get you get a little more nuance in your uh, opponents. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you know, I change my defenses every week, so something yes. will change. It's just, man, it's really hard to take something off a defense that has held, I think I've gotten 11 or 12 total holds with it over the past six battles. <laughs> like, that's it's hard to do. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think you should do it. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Here, here's the thing for me, too. It makes it makes Grand Arena way more 3v3 way more appealing to me. Uh, now that I like a lot of these teams, a lot of these uh, and we'll talk about it during our recaps for the week. But like when I can use my own Galactic Legends to just make theirs disappear and it's just like this hand wave of like neither of us have galactic legends now you know i acknowledge that we have them by the fact that i spend three minutes in a fight but then i get 53 banners and then at which is something everyone should be happy with fighting another galactic legend oh yeah and then both of our galactic legends are unavailable again and it's like we never had them except they have one fewer team on defense right Honestly, if you can get 51 or better against the Galactic Legend, it's a win. Um, because in 3v3, there's so many teams that can just steal a couple banners that 51 and higher against the Galactic Legend should just absolutely be considered a win. You know, we're, we should be past the Kylo 47 days at this point against Galactic Legends. And I, I think we are seeing the transition to to that with, you know, Jedi Master Luke beats Kylo on defense for 51, 52, 53 banners. Ray versus Ray is going to get you 53 or 54 banners every time. Even with bad RNG, which I had on my alt this week, where I lost Haldo, I still finished with full health and protection on the other two, and so I still finished with 51 banners in a Ray versus Ray. Um, you know, I, I, I think... I, I think you really have to think about just mindlessly setting the Galactic Legend on defense because if people are going to start beating you for high banners with them, they'll be much better on offense. Um, I've kind of been saying that since 5v5, though, where there was a couple rounds in 5v5 where I just kept all three Galactic Legends on offense and set, you know, I set Darth Revan, Padme, CLS, Gas. You literally name a team that doesn't regen protection but strong. And I was like, here. Have that on defense. It's got AOEs. It's going to steal a ton of banners from you. Good luck. Um, but, yeah, so I am in basic agreement with you. It was such a hard shift for me mentally because I 5v5, I do just like having that FU defense. And um, <laughs> now shifting in 3v3, but, man, I'll say this. I've been so successful this 3v3 season some of it's my opponents but i've had some very tough opponents actually this last week and i've been extremely effective against them because people like to be those that they like my last opponent placed darth revan and the the cheese team with uh bastila and uh you know bastila lead jedi master luke and watt and then they also placed a ray team with jedi training ray which is a really like that, that combo Ray with Jedi training Ray is really potent in 5v5 and 3v3. Um, they placed all of those and a few other good teams. And it's like, I have a play, like I can just pound those teams into the ground. And like, 
uh, you know, my opponent doesn't even get me, you know, he doesn't even get 47. He doesn't even take seven banners from me. He takes maybe one, which is really me just, you know, breaking even like I, yeah. So anyways, we can, we can talk about that a little bit more in, you know, honestly on our streams too. Like we talk about that kind of stuff right. too. So we don't, I don't need to belabor the point, but it's, it's been this very interesting shift to me and I, I'll be pursuing it a lot in the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, your last round, you did have a loss and still scored what 2645, which 2645 is the equivalent of an inefficient one shot of a board. And you scored it with a loss. So that, that really tells you everything you need to know on that one. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I, I had a pretty good score for having failed an attack, Yeah, which that granted that attack was an embarrassing one, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> we will. Uh, all right. So we, you know, we front loaded this by saying how much we have to talk about. And then we haven't talked about really anything that we had to talk about. So, <laughs> all right. Why don't we get into the road ahead now? Because there, there was a lot of communication on this one. Um, just, just a ton. Uh, so with that said, the first thing, and this is the easiest thing and the quickest thing to talk about, is it is the fifth anniversary. Um, basically, they just hinted, hey, there's going to be goodies coming out next week. So seven days from when this podcast is released, eight days if you're listening live, um, there's going to be goodies coming to your inbox. I'm hoping one of them is a Zeta so I can Zeta Sidious without feeling awful to make that uh, tier one <laughs> of the <laughs> Emp, uh, Emperor Palp one a little easier because I really don't want to give the Zeta uh, if it's just the Zetas I've been building up. But if they give me a free one, it's like, oh, here you go. All right. It's like it never happened. Um, but yeah, so you, not really much to talk about there, but it's something... So Something to look forward to. Our friends in the Galaxy of Bureaus podcast were talking about that earlier today. Uh, they were saying that they were they were looking forward to the three Clone Wars Chewy shards, which uh, for the people who have just started playing the game who don't really know what that's all about, like the the Clone Wars Chewy shards are what people what like back in the day when this game start first started, whenever CG failed on something. They would always send like uh, they'd do a make good. They'd be like, "Hey guys, sorry we didn't like we screwed up. We didn't get this update right. Like there's a huge bug. People missed their payouts, whatever. So everyone gets 300 crystals and three Clone Wars Chewy shards. And so <laughs> it's kind of been this running joke uh, now that they always send them for the anniversary gifts. So my thought is, I wonder because they're changing the uh, shard economy now. <laughs> I, I wonder if they're going to send a six. <laughs> that would be <laughs> just seems oh, like that would make sense <laughs> it, it does uh speaking of that that's actually the next thing in the road ahead of the shard economy changes and this has been talked to death on in other places uh so we can kind of breeze through this and talk about the meat and potatoes of this post but basically what's happening is cg has realized that new players coming into the game can't spend four years building up their roster. So they want to accelerate people being able to farm characters. And to do that, stores are going to give double shards. Uh, 
farming nodes for older characters are going to give double shards. The newer characters are still, you're still going to have to grind to get them. But the older characters that nobody really wants to farm right now are, you're going to get to farm them twice as fast. To compensate for that in the shard shop, uh, they're doubling the prices. They are also doubling your current shard uh, shop currency, just to make it even. The biggest complaint we've had is they haven't been able to fix the bronziums because, again, going back to if you haven't been playing this game for this long, the uh, bronzium packs were never meant to be, you know, the guarantor of shard shop currency and something people rely on. It, it all was tied to ally points, and there's so much spaghetti code that they wanted to get rid of these packs years ago because of the coding. They couldn't get rid of the packs, and so now they're just these dinosaurs sitting in the game that just will not go extinct. CG hates them with a passion just because they can't do anything with them, and they can't figure out a way to double the shards and the bronziums without messing up all the code. So you're screwed if you have a million ally points and haven't spent them. At the same point, if you haven't spent a million ally points, you're probably not going to be spending them every day to get the shards anyway. So there's also that. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> I love how hyperbolic people have been about that. They're like, I know. what this really means... Well, and actually the CG guy, uh, Doja Fett, has already responded, but someone's like, what they really mean is they don't want good things for players or something like that. Like, people say all these snarky things. They're like, we have, we acknowledge that this is an issue, but but we hate players and therefore we're not going to do anything is what that really means. Oh, and Doja cool. Fett's like, you should probably... Did you use Google Translate? Because that doesn't always actually use... That doesn't always give you an accurate uh, representation of what <laughs> of what things are actually being said, which I yeah. was like, well played, sir. This is funny. <laughs> he, yeah, he's been on fire. A lot of people have turned it into CG hates us, but... Um, they totally do. They, I, I mean, they probably do <laughs> hate every person that posts one of those yeah. stupid complaints, but they're not doing this to screw you. It's literally these packs have been in the game for years and they just can't get rid of them they want to trust me they've said they want to um well, they're, right. a, they're a big part in my in my economy honestly in my planning of being able to afford things like i spend my ally points a lot so that i can get those shards and i can actually afford good things like that's how i get a ton of my uh med packs and the syringes and uh whatever other one this this got the what are they? The scanners? Yeah, like all, all of the yeah. Gear 12 pieces, like I, I use those a ton for that. So I don't know. That's I, I would be really sad if they got rid of them for real. Well, yeah, I use the shard shop heavily, but I also didn't have 2 million uh, ally points saved up because I use it. And everybody complaining are the people that have 2 million ally points saved up. And it's like, you didn't use those ally points before. Why were you going to use them after? You know? Right. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the actual, like, man, there's still a lot, so much to talk about here. And it. actually, I'm going to skip around real quick, uh, and let's talk about Mando Season 2, because I think we're going to get bogged down in the other two topics. So 
And so, no, we're not going to spoil anything, just to be clear, guys. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No. The, the topic is Mando really Season 2 in, yeah, in, yeah. in the road ahead, how they're going to treat right. Mando Season 2. Right. Um, and the biggest news that came out of it is Moff Gideon <laughs> is coming to the game. He has the Darksaber, like he did um, in at the end of Season 1, and he's going to be an Imperial leader. So when you read that post, what were your thoughts on it? Um, not surprising. I, I don't know what you do with him. Like, uh, you know, and this doesn't really touch on the the latest Mando season, really. Um, he's, you know, he hasn't had, uh, that's even like a spoiler if I say it's something like that. But like, I'll, I'll say this, from, from what we know of him in the first season, he's totally empire like he was yeah. empire he has stormtroopers and all kind like he has the e-web blaster like all of these different things that are totally empire stuff and just because he happens to be a few years after like the decline of the empire doesn't mean like he's still he's still it, it's like when rome started to, to decline after you know after a bunch of years there's still portions of the, the Roman empire around and they still call themselves Rome accurately. Like similarly for him, I feel like he can call himself empire accurately. I actually had my hopes pinned on him to be a great Imperial troopers leader. And we got Piet, which was great. And I know don't have complaints about Piet, but I had initially before Piet came around, I thought he was going to be our Imperial trooper savior, so to speak. Yeah. Um, he, he's, and maybe he will now, now maybe Piet will be con- always with vader and uh gideon will be our savior for troopers or piet and gideon will combine together <laughs> to make like stormtrooper and magma trooper and um shore trooper all another amazing squad and then we can have two good imperial trooper squads oh well i would love to have two good imperial trooper squads i would also love if there was a way to keep piet with vader at all times and just you know kind of attach him to the hip um and let Gideon run the troopers I am well we've talked about this before CG has been knocking it out of the park with character kits in the past year so I am I am very excited to see what his kit is with that said I don't feel like there's many empire teams right now so or many good Empire characters, I should say. Like, is he just going to be another Krennic who has what on paper sounded like a fantastic lead? Then at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, but we got EP two months later. Right. Like, sorry, <laughs> Krennic. That's, uh, you know, good while it lasted, I guess. Um, not, not really that interesting. Thank you, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, or... And I was just about to say this, but Rampage said it in the chat is, does he become Mon Mothma 2.0 polishing the turds? He might. Yeah, he might. He also mightn't. We'll see. <laughs> he mightn't. Uh, <laughs> stat sharing. Oh, and Forsu brings up in the chat of stat sharing. There's been a lot of stat sharing tunes released recently. He very well yeah. might might do that as well, which which would be interesting when you get like a stormtrooper or a shore trooper involved with him, uh, depending on what the stat sharing is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
Gosh, I, I just, so Stormtrooper, his Zeta, everyone makes fun of Stormtrooper Zeta, and, and they should, it's not good really, but yeah. like it's, it's this really interesting thing of like, I don't know what, I don't know, he, he can be really strong Stormtrooper, like I've actually heard hints that he actually has a lot of good uses in certain comps, like with Piet and stuff, I, I don't know for sure, but it's like, I don't know. I, I could imagine Stormtrooper if if there was some Stormtroopers primed to be a very good character with the right leadership. He he could totally be a POW, in my opinion. The way POW was redeemed from being like this pathetic, horrible character that you use in like this weird niche situation just because he happens to be an attacker <laughs> and gives offense up, like just this random weird corner case in the raid. It it goes from like that level of use to like it, now I have his Zeta on both of my big, bigger accounts and yep. I don't regret that at all. And they didn't change a single word in his kit or his Zeta. Uh, they just made a character that get, went well with him and made use of it really well. And I'm not saying he's a world beater, but in the context of the Mon Mothma squad in 5v5, he's extremely potent. And I would not be surprised to find out that like Stormtrooper and Moth Gideon have a similar interaction. Yeah, yeah, I... That would be fun to see, especially since Stormtrooper is in the picture, literally them showing on the screen in their road ahead post of Stormtroopers in the back, Death Troopers in the front. So if we can keep range with the Piet Stormtrooper team, and then we have Gideon with Death Trooper and uh, Stormtrooper, it'll be interesting. Um I would yeah. love it if they made Gideon really good with Death Trooper and Krennic. Yeah, yeah. Because now we have to have Krennic re uh, reliced anyways for Sith Eternal Emperor. Like, may as well give it. Like, I, I've always loved the the Krennic and Death Trooper interaction. They're just neither of them strong enough on their own to really warrant using them on a wide spread level. But Don't you in... give them the, your their Zetas. Death or Trooper has Death, his because yeah. for a for a very small minute, it was he was part of a counter meta team um, that beat yeah. I think it was Jedi Training Ray or maybe it was Commander I don't remember it was it was in that time frame um, or maybe it was right before Commander Luke came out I think that was it and then Commander Luke came out and it was just like all right well that was dumb but for a little bit yeah so I, I gave him his Zeta and, and Thrawn his leadership Zeta. And then um, nothing ever panned out. So, <laughs> well, yay, hashtag but, regrets. But you have used the Thrawn leadership Zeta, at least. It's come back around. Uh, Absolutely. I, I don't really regret that one. The Death Trooper yeah. one in 3v3 can be situationally useful, though I have made zero use of it this 3v3 season. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move along to the bottom sentence of this post, which is right there of, and we've still got a few ingots of Beskar saved for some surprises. And there may be a few more friends coming from the Mandalorian yet. Uh, so they've already hinted that there's basically going to be a legendary at the end of the new tunes coming out. They're now hinting about a few ingots of Beskar. Everybody in the world was expecting Beskar Mando to be released at some point. I think we're just we're just getting a few more hints leading in that direction, and I'm excited to see who the other friends can be. 
So here's an alternative theory uh, to, to your idea of a legendary. I'm not saying that it won't, there won't be a legendary. There, there very well may could be. Like I, I almost, I would bet on the side of that, but I think that this deserves equal consideration and we'll talk about that in a minute. Gosh, we have so many things to discuss <laughs> here. We still haven't touched everything, but um, there's, there's the new raid stuff coming out. Yep. Um, with the new raid thing, I'm guessing that the new, that the, the better, the, the upgraded raid isn't going to continue to give out Han Solo shards. Yeah. What if we got uh, Mando shards, Mark II Mando shards? I I would be more than okay with that. Um, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but you know, or or in a slightly darker vein, what if they made him a GT one or two character? Well, I have saved up, so <laughs> if they do that, I'll hate it, but at least I already have it saved up. Um, yeah, I'd be good with two. One, I'm uh, I'm frantically saving, we'll say that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I, I do think that it's going to be more than a raid, though, and, and it might actually, it might not be for Mando, it could be for somebody else, um, but because just the way that they said it on that interview of well, and you know how things go when we release tunes like this, and you're just like, yeah, that's got to be a legendary or a journey or, you know, some, her- I forget the names of all their different uh, variations, but it's got to be something that's going to lead to a panic farm. Yeah, well, I mean, panic farms benefit them too much for there not to be one. I just, right. I'm just curious if, it just seems it seems a little too soon out on the back of the Galactic Legends, the new ones. That being said, I thought I would have I would have bet good money that we didn't get new Galactic Legends until at least like December ish to to push their you know quarterly spend, you know earnings or even after December. I I would have bet good money and I was clearly wrong. We said it multiple times on the podcast and then we <laughs> we were wrong. So um, have to eat that, but. But yeah, <laughs> I, I just do think that um, it seems a little too soon to have a, a legendary. Yeah, I we say that, but Jedi Knight Luke came out in what the end of June when the GLs came out in. It was the beginning of April or the end of March. So, <laughs> Gom just said it in chat. I beat him by about five seconds. Um, that that's basically two months and now these gls came out in october so seeing some sort of event in december at, you know timeline wise at least lines up uh whether or not that happens you know still yeah yet well to see. so i guess i'd need to look and see when jedi luke came versus uh when versus now like it, you know the time frame i don't know the, how i feel is obviously just going to be off uh potentially but it seems like we have had less time to to get these galactic legends uh and then get luke than otherwise though i did get luke considerably before i got ray so and i'm about to get to the eternal emperor I'm getting close right. to unlocking him so i my perception is probably just a little off but one way or another I'm pretty sure we're getting number two uh, Mando because the the current one, <clears throat> excuse me, is cool. But having all of the all of the cool tech of 
you know, I think Dr. Zephyrs in chat had said he doesn't get why we need another Mando. And I can understand that argument, but he has a lot of, you know, because he's saying like that, that there's, he, he's still wearing Beskar at the start. And I would argue that even if he is wearing Beskar at the start, uh, now we get shinier, more obviously visually cool Beskar. And uh, like he didn't have the jetpack uh, at the start or, you know, in the, his first version, so he can use that. Uh, he also has the, what are they called? Like whistling birds or something like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, like he's got a lot of cool tech that he doesn't necessarily have at the start. So I could, it seems like maybe we don't need it, but they they've planned on it from the start. So oh yeah, they I mean they've they plan these characters out like a year in advance. So um, I I don't think we need a Beskar Mando. I, I I'm with you. I think it's too soon. At the same point, I think they can make him different enough that I wouldn't be angry that they do it. I'd be fine with it, frankly. Yeah. I'm good with that. And he does kind of fit the mold for a hero's journey in a way. Uh, you know, and that's not me saying anything about season two, just yeah, season one. And I'll say this. So if we get another Mando character, we're going to have a lot of characters that could have the Mandalorian tag and I would really love to see them jump into a new faction like that. That would be right. a lot of fun to me. Yeah, there are a lot of characters that I would like to speculate about bringing into the game, um, but we cannot for spoiler purposes, <laughs> you know. Uh, it is almost a spoiler on its own, but... <laughs> almost. Uh, but so I, I think there's a lot that they can do. I'm excited to see it. They're, you know... the. There's also one thing we have to remember, and they hinted at this in a few different places, is while they get to make the content and they kind of have the ability to do what they want, at the same time, when Lucasfilm or Disney says, hey, we want you, your next six characters to be from this faction and promote this, you know, that's what they're going to do. So it wouldn't surprise me if Disney said, hey, Mando season two came out, you know, we want another Mando. Like it, that would not be surprising to me either. You also have to think like, so, so star Wars, what, what, however you feel about the sequel trilogy, you have to, uh, you have to admit that there's been a lot of unpopular things said about, or a lot of things, negativity about the sequel trilogy being said, like people, it wasn't as well received with the fan base. Like it was well received with the like greater, like population of the world, you know, like people who are like, I don't know anything about Star Wars, like that weird, like howling furry creature is interesting, you know, like, <laughs> and, and then they see the sequel trilogy. They're like, oh, cool. Like it even had Luke Skywalker. That, that's cool. Like they brought stuff. Like my sister is like a huge fan of the new ones. Cause she doesn't, she doesn't watch the old ones very, she doesn't know them very well, which is, it's totally fine. But like the fan base has been frustrated, at least a, a large part of it. And so Star Wars, like, there's a lot of reasons as a fan to kind of feel like it's maybe going in a direction that's not as great. But Mandalorian's, like, the one shiny, amazing thing that most Star Wars fans are like, yes, cool. Like, not everyone likes loves it. I'm not saying that they have to, but you have to expect that CG and Disney in general are just going to milk it for every last cent that they can because who knows what the next thing they can milk is, kind of. Right. 
And God knows if I was in their marketing department, I'd say, uh, why don't we have this yet? So, I mean, I get it. It, it, it just makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think I think we can expect another Mando, whether or not it's necessary. And like most of our chat is saying, I don't mind. I don't. Who cares? Like who? Right. I just want a cool character. I want a cool kit. I want good interactions, and that's a good excuse for good interactions. And not having a fifth or, or not having a sixth Chewy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But if they came out with a sixth Chewy, I'd probably be fine with that, as long as he had good rules. So as long as, long <laughs> as he has a good kit, I don't care. Yeah. Um, all right. So why don't we move on because oh, man. We're, yep. we're still only halfway through this post. Um, oh, so we'll jump in with the future of galactic changes or challenges. Sorry. Um, so there's a lot of changes coming to galactic challenges. And I've, I've always kind of gotten the sense of this from the beginning of these galactic challenges weren't going to be one set thing. They were, they were going to be something that evolved and that's basically what they're saying here now. Uh, what, Two and a half months after the release, they're saying, all right, Galactic Challenges 2.0 is on the horizon, guys. And before we get there, we are going to tinker a little bit as well. So starting in December, um, and I love this, they're adding an autocomplete function. So basically, if you complete Tier 7 first, it (laughs) automatically completes the other tiers which I think is amazing because of what we're going to talk about after this, uh, which I'm sure is going to take up a ton of my time. If you can let me just get these rewards by doing one tier and signing off, I will love CG until the day they die. Uh, that's because that's what I want. I want content. I want rewards. I want a way to advance with the mods that they're giving me. I just don't have five hours a day to play in the game, even on the weekend. So this autocomplete function to me is a godsend. Very player friendly. And if you want to just do one, then the next and continue the increase in difficulty, still have that option. Right. You can do it, which I'm also okay with because sometimes if it's a fun event, I might, I might actually play that. Maybe not like here's one, two or three where it's hit auto and they die in one shot, but Tier six and seven, if it's a fun event, I might play around if I have time. Um, It's just, they need to keep a way to, I I feel like this post and the, you know, between the shard economy changes, the galactic challenges post, I, I think it's them saying without saying, we recognize that we need to keep the game healthy. We recognize that, a couple of the big complaints about that is new players can't catch up and there's a ridiculously ridiculous time investment in the game. If you actually want to play the game, you know, we get those posts on Reddit. I signed in for 10 minutes and I'm done for the day because the people don't hit arena. The people don't hit a raid. People just auto deploy in uh, territory battles and they don't participate in grand arena. And they're like, I'm done for the day. We need something to do guys. Um, if you do everything, which you and I both do. Uh, on two accounts. On two accounts. It takes a lot of time. I mean, light side territory battles. Oh, I, uh, you know, I'm generally one of the leaders in waves completed in the guild. And 
it takes to do that. It takes a lot of time to play through, you know, five ground battles, the fleet mission, and then got remodding for cam. And today I accidentally deleted my cam mod loadouts. So I had to re remake them all over again. And Rampage, it's not a humble brag. It's just a brag. There's a difference. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, it takes a lot of time if you want to take it seriously. And so I'm glad that they're giving me a way to save time on the back end. Yeah, I'm good with it. I like the challenges. I've been like kind of ambivalent about it, frankly. Like it, it seems decent but uh, yeah. i don't know i haven't derived much joy or frustration from it like i've been able to just because my account is good enough now and both of them actually are good enough to complete most of it so like i i haven't i haven't cared one way or another that much so yeah. anything that's going to save me some time i love or give me the option to save some time i love it yeah galactic challenges for me on both accounts i go in in the morning I do everything to get the mod materials. I ignore the first three tiers completely. I get the mod materials. I upgrade my mods to see if I hit for speed or hit for a secondary I'm going for. And then I forget about Galactic Challenges until Sunday. And I say, oh God, these are over in three hours. Let me go in and hit auto for the other tiers and finish these so I can get all the rewards. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how every Galactic Challenge is for me. Um, and so now I don't have to do that because I'm going to finish tier seven in the morning and tier one will automatically complete for me. Yeah, feels good. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other change that they're making immediately, and I think this is a good change, is rather than get uh, rewards for finishing each tier, there's going to be this currency. Only I, I don't read it as currency, like I'm going to go to a store and buy something. It's more like, um, like stars in territory battles. Like you finish X amount of feats and tiers and you get, you know, 32 stars and that gives you a chest that, or box crate, whatever they call it, that opens up and it's basically like a territory battle reward box. That's what it sounds like it's going to be. And I think that's good because you finish the first three tiers of these galactic challenges and it's like, oh, look, I got three Mark one hypo syringes. Like, what am I going to do with these? Yay. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> the, the lower ones lately, I'm just like, you know, that, that could be useful as salvage, but I just don't want to be bothered. So I'm not going to do it. Right. Yeah. So. Um, now the most interesting part of this post, or at least to me, I think it's a good change. I don't think it's going to be life changing. Um, but the interesting thing will be they've, they've put a date of February or March, which scares me because people are going to hold them now. And if this doesn't release until April, like 6th, God, the, you know, pitchforks are going to, and uh, pitchforks are going to come out and people are going to go crazy, but they're eyeing a major expansion of galactic challenges early in the spring, late winter, early spring. And, um, they can't discuss them yet because it's still early and I'm sure it's going to change about 18 times but they're giving the hint of content to come in the spring 
which I, I think is another thing that's at least good for the game saying, hey, guys, we're working on this. Now, hopefully they deliver, and it's not like when they said, um, you know, the raid back in last October and said, hopefully we have a raid in first quarter and then didn't deliver, and you have people still sharing that post daily um, saying, where's the raid? But if they actually deliver on this, I'm legitimately excited for it. Yeah, if it's good, you know. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I I feel like for the most part, I trust them to come up with stuff that I like, like the galactic challenges. For how long we had to wait for it, I would say that it was a little anticlimactic for myself, but I also had no problems with it because really at the end of the day, I'm a Grand Arena player, so I don't need anything else. As long as they keep releasing character kits, I'm good. So Right, yeah. It, it, you and I are definitely in the mentality that new characters are content. So uh, <laughs> we do have that. Um, right. Okay, so now what everybody has actually been talking about, and they kind of bury the lead of the real news with this uh, challenge tier raids of so they're going to introduce a new tier of the Rancor raid and their goal is that it can't be soloable at the start I do like how they say at the start aka we're not going to design around this eventually you might be able to solo this but right now we don't want you to be able to solo it Um, then you know there's going to be a visual update this Challenge tier ranker, I, I want to see more about it, but they're saying it's a separate event from the old rancor. So I'm curious, uh, I'm curious how that's going to play out with the whole guild ticket yeah. system and all that. Um, but it's a new event, and the goal, or so the final line in this sentence is, <laughs> and last but not least, challenge tier ranker were, will reward relic eight materials. We'll have another post next month. We're just going to leave you with that. There you go. Um, yep. <laughs> Speculate away, boys. <laughs> like It's just this throw-in at the very end on a one-paragraph piece of the post. It, they spend, what, uh, three, five words saying, here's what you're going to get. Now have fun until next month. <laughs> yeah, I'm... And so, of course, that's the thing that everyone's fixated on, which I don't blame them, frankly. Like, that's because you know that the next relic level, it's not just going to be like a continuation of what we've been getting. Like, you know that it's not going to just be like, so you go, you increase from six to seven and you get, you know, like you get an okay mod or you get an okay stat increase. Like, it's good. It's you know whether or not it's actually worth the the materials or not or you know the the, the matchup gp and all that argument like in a way relics one through seven are just like all like each each of them is like one gear piece applying one gear piece like you get a stat increase for applying one gear and yes i know that it takes different materials and everything but like in a way that's what it is it's like we're on gear 13 and to get to gear 14 you have to um apply these like seven different gear pieces like relic one gear piece relic two which is a little harder relic three you know it incre- increases and you get stats for each piece and the, i know the interaction is a little different but relic eight can't be that it's not going to just be like this tiny little 
bump up. Like they they have to, because everyone will just be like, okay, like I guess I'll throw that on a couple characters, but I already don't throw throw Relic Seven on everyone. So right. why would I throw? Why would I have? They have to give us a huge incentive to get to Relic Eight. Frankly, they do. Uh, what's I'm genuinely a little scared of this because every every week now you know i I run the hotbot comparison or there's the google uh spreadsheet out there that gives you the comparison of your entire pod at the beginning of the week and i consistently have the lowest uh r7s in my group by far every week just because i don't r7 people you know i the galactic legends you do because obviously they have the Galactic Legend Zeta that gives them uh, stat boosts based on the relic level. Uh, you know, Jedi Knight Luke I did, uh, Gas, you know, I did. I had to do the stupid clones for Cam. Um, but I don't relic seven people. Like even my Vader, I keep it relic level five because I just haven't seen the need for a relic seven yet. And so now I'm scared that Relic 8 is just going to be like this huge boost that it's going to force me to get Relic 8. And quite frankly, it's it's hard. If I want to Relic or if I want to gear up my roster, I can't put Relic 6 and 7 on people because just the gear that re- it requires getting to 6 and 7 is next to impossible to also gear up characters on your roster. Yeah, it's... Uh... Man, it, there's a lot. It's it, it's going to be my prediction, at least. It's going to be like going from seven to eight is going to be like going from gear twelve and putting that finisher on and going to gear thirteen. Like it's going to be on that order of magnitude. And the thing that I've been fronting for a while is saying relic eight's going to have uh, speed on it. I don't know if that's actually going to be true. I don't I, I don't know for sure, but it's going to be like. That it's going to be something like speed, though something where everyone wants it. You need, you know, or you're gonna. Everyone wants their finisher because that finisher piece is hugely impactful, and that one has speed, in fact. But even if it didn't, it has a lot of stats that a character needs. And I, I just think that, uh, yeah, Relic Eight is going to be something like that, where everyone's going to have to shift their vision toward, you know. How many guys can I actually get to Relic 8? Because Relic 8 is where the new power level really is. Instead of like right. uh, 5, Relic 5 is basically the same as Relic 7. Because it, it kind of is in a lot of ways right yeah. now. 8, it can't be like that. They, they're not going to make it that way. I agree. They, they need, from a marketing perspective, they need a reason for you to want to get 8. Um, and... That's like I said, that's what scares me. I'm going to want to get eight. And I just, I mean, you look at my gear reserves right now and I have what nine pieces left until I start farming Sith Eternal Emperor. And these nine pieces are going to take me like a month and a half just because I have nothing. Like I'm, I'm currently blocked by Carbontes. I used to have like 500 Carbontes just sitting around, not using them. I have, 32 right now um like the next the next daily uh challenge just i can't come fast enough forsu just said what if they introduce dodge arrows <laughs> leave forsu just get out the door get the get 
<laughs> yeah, may, maybe the new uh, the new relic eight will have accuracy as part of it, and they'll have yeah, like that like they could go next to each other. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so you wish that evil on me, Forsu Arrow. Don't you wish that evil on me? So the other fear, and this is why I hate the Sith raid, is it is extremely guild unfriendly. Like if you don't finish in the top 10, you are so far behind your guildmates that do finish in the top 10 when it comes to rewards. And if that's what this challenge tier is going to be like, I'm not, I don't like having to compete with my guildmates. Like it's, here's a team now compete against them. It's very anti team, which is in a guild is supposed to be, your team in territory wars and territory battles. You're supposed to rely on your team. You're supposed to enjoy your team. A lot of people stay playing the game because they like the people they play with. And the way the Sith rewards are set up is to basically stomp on their feelings and take first, as opposed to working together as a team. Um, That's why I loved when they added the Sim to the original Rancor raid because it, everybody got the same rewards. Nobody was hurt. The sim rewards were actually um, fairly decent. And But the Sith, the Sith uh, is still, if 24 people hit the raid and you just happen to finish 24 because 15 people soloed the raid, you, you might as well have just not hit the raid at all. Like, yeah, like why, why waste, waste your time? time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, so, I mean, that, and that breaks up the other point we've mentioned it a few times, but like, if they, if we're not going to be able to sim the tank raid, which I mean, I guess we kind of do anyways, just by ignoring it, but um, like, there's still meaningful gear in the Sith raid. And now we're going to have to have another raid just on top of all of this. I, how much time am I going to have to spend? I remember the last, when the last raid came out, I was, it, it was a lot of time that I had to spend, especially because I was one of the strongest people in our kind of lower level guild. And if I didn't contribute, then we might not actually get through the, you know, for the first like month (laughs) or so, like we, we needed every heavy hitter to do every single thing they possibly could. It was like, no, 5% on your Jedi training Ray isn't enough. You restart that. Yeah. until you get 7% damage yeah. on Nihilus. You you have to, because you don't know where those other 2% are going to come from if you don't. <laughs> it's it's sad, it's sad, but true. Uh, or God forbid, when we had to do tier 6, because we weren't in the Sith raid yet, and if, uh, you know, it was the same five people that would have like 60 million points, and then people in the ranks 5 to 10 had like 3 million and you're just like, well, if it wasn't for these five people, we wouldn't have cleared this raid. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, like you take you and me out of that guild that we were in, that we finally finished, finally finished, ah, I can't talk. When we finally finished the, the Sith raid, you take you and me out of it yeah. and they don't finish that raid for like two months. Right. Like they just don't do it. Like we we were just just the two of us were kind of just carrying everyone, which, you know, Eventually, that led to um, 
that, that led to the destruction of the Zed Guild. So I'm not saying right. we were like the most healthy in the most healthy situation, <laughs> but like there's going to be a lot of people who were people are going to be leaving their guilds too to find guilds who can finish this content because like you know that it's not just going to be Relic Eight. There's going to be a character or something because that's how it's been for every right. new raid. Yeah, um, it's if you are a guild. You, it's going to be a race to who can finish this as fast as possible because, you know, back when the Sith Raid came out, I was re recruiting for our alliance and being able to say we had a guild that completed the Sith Raid, I mean, it was like beating people off trying to get into the alliance. Um, not have or having a guild that couldn't beat the Sith Raid, even if you were getting more stars than a team in TB. And more, uh, God, what was the character at that time in TP? Getting more shards of whatever Hoth uh, character was, it didn't matter because you weren't beating the Sith raid. Um, and yes, Ando, I said it exactly like that. Take it, more, put it in your introduction. Um, but, <laughs> but I wouldn't know what that was like. <laughs> you, as a guild you now there's so there's going to be so much pressure on the guild to finish these raids as fast as possible be able to complete these raids as fast as possible because if it takes too long people are going to leave your guild the competitive people are going to leave your guild and go somewhere else where they can be competitive and then that what happens is that leaves the people that aren't competitive by definition and you're just like well, do I want to stick with a non-competitive guild that's not going to let me finish this raid now? Uh, yeah. So I made I got real sad the other day. A friend of mine, uh, like a friend in the game, who you know he follows my stuff, um, and we kind of chat sometimes. He sent me a picture or a screenshot of him, uh, like he had just unlocked Watt, and he was so excited. And I was <laughs> like, oh man. I like I just I felt bad kind of because I've like my my alt has had seven star watt for I don't know months like I should I should feel yeah. guilty for not having gear 13 on him at this point <laughs> he's he's been he's been seven star so long and you know like that that's what's going to happen with if they do include an unlock character on the new raid yeah. like I'm going to get that. I'm going to have that interaction where someone sends me like a year later, all excited that they have a five star, whatever it is. And it'll <laughs> feel sad. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. 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 It's uh, interesting times. Uh, it sounds like we're going to get more information next month, which is, I mean, only next month is two weeks away at this point. Um, it's, it's going to be, a very interesting time to watch the recruiting <laughs> servers because you're going to see a lot going on in there. Um, and if your guild, if your guild has competitive players, you're probably, you're honestly probably going to be fine. If you have one of those guilds that's half competitive, half casual, uh, you're going to have to, you're, you're going to have to adapt. <laughs> and you have to hope that they're um, competitive and loyal. Well, there's that too. I mean, Man, yeah. we've talked about it a lot. I almost, I came real, real close to leaving that guild at first because it was like, no one's trying. I'm trying. Like, there's like three or four other people who are trying. <laughs> and 
like we can't beat this and everyone in my shard is starting to unlock treya and i don't have any treya shards like yep as a competitive player i need the new meta team i just i need it like that that's my bread and butter if if my guild can't get it for me i can't be part of that guild really like not to be a dick about it i just i i need to have the new character so And, you know, that's not a threat to my current guild or anything. <laughs> I just like that, that. That's what all guilds, all guilds are put on notice on for, for a new raid. If there's an unlock character, they're really competitive players are going to see it that way. I, I will say, you know, there's always that um, argument with guilds. Do, do we join an alliance or do we uh, do we stay solo? I will say. New raid times are the times that you want to join an alliance because, I mean, the way that our guild kept, <laughs> honestly, both you and me, uh, was we got brought up to what's now our current guild, but was the higher GP guild that had more competitive players so we could compete, complete the Sith raid for the month that it took for our other guild to catch up. So we, we basically marked for a month then jumped back down to our normal guild and it saved us. It saved that guild, our guild for, uh, well, it lasted another what year after that. So being able to jump into a guild just temporarily, you know, saved our guild essentially. Uh, yeah. I, that was the only way I could stay and, and it say, yeah. And we had long, we had, we had over a year after that of, of really good smooth sailing. So um, hopefully guilds could be good and proactive like that. And actually in, in like in hindsight, it actually was okay. Like, so everyone, all the really high level guys in my shard were not quite high enough in their uh, guilds to be able to get the best prizes, but I was. And so I actually got a seven star Treya um, the same day like I tied with the guy who had been starting farming her immediately. (laughs) Like, so I eventually caught up because I was getting top three spots every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was going to end like that, but you know, so (laughs) I guess the lesson is be, be patient if you can, but um, otherwise like, I don't know, just, yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing. Solo, we yeah. have been going for a long time. We need to we talk about been. our... Is there anything else that we should talk about from that uh, crazy road ahead? I, I think that actually sums up most of the road ahead. I imagine in the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about the subjects in this road ahead much more in depth. So we can should probably move on at this point. Um, yeah, so let's talk about our weeks solo. We had good weeks, man. We, like, we did have good weeks. It was 3v3. I mean, I said this last time we had 3v3. Uh, for something I don't like, I am strangely <laughs> doing well in it. Um, but so in your first, how'd you do? How did you do at the start of this week? Um, okay, so... Gosh, I swear. So <laughs> I'm like having these flashbacks of last last 3v3. <laughs> so, you know, I it's been well documented that 3v3, the, the last time we were in 3v3 wasn't kind to me. I only had one Galactic Legend. I've ended up facing almost every single person I faced had 
to Galactic Legends. And I made a big deal of it because I think it was a huge, a huge advantage uh, for, for a lot of people. But I, I was having these flashbacks. So now I have three Galactic Legends and my first opponent, and I'll just mention my second opponent, both had four Galactic Legends. And I was like, are we going to really go through this again? Of, you know, And I, I even messaged our like Gambit chat group and Klesso was like, well, of course you're going to face four. Like, is there any other option? And I was like, yeah, fate, fate really had its hands tied there. Like, <laughs> of course it's going to happen. So uh, this guy, um, this guy, I, uh, so I, you know, I, he didn't really place that much of, of interest, honestly. Like I was, I was kind of disappointed. Like he kept almost everything. I'm trying to remember what he even did bring. Like I, I did just, I beat him pretty hard, like just, just, uh, oh yeah. So he, he placed his uh, Jedi Master Luke with Bastila Sean lead. And uh, he only had, but he put Jedi Revan with it instead of Watt. And that's, that's pretty easily beatable by just a Jedi Revan plus General Skywalker combo. So I did that and that was, that was basically it. I got really high banners and I think I, I ended up, I was able to even get that feat where you needed to use um, Aura with Boba or Django oh, yeah. <laughs> with one of them. And I was able to get that one with Jedi Master Luke lead. Like he just held their hands as they completed their quest. So um, yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. How, you know, for four, four galactic legends, I was like, wow, that, that you let me off, you know, nicely. So how did you do solo? How was your first match? Uh, so my first match was interesting in that my opponent, he, he actually, I mean, he had a good account. He had three galactic legends. He just kept all three of them for offense. Um, and his mistake is he put strong teams in the bottom back. Like he had the Finn team back there. He had other strong, he had, um, other strong teams in that bottom back, but he didn't put strong teams other than a Grievous Watt Magna team in the front bottom. So I kind of got, was able to get into the back zone fairly cheaply. And that let me clear the board. And even though he kept his Galactic Legends for, for uh, offense, <laughs> he could not, he couldn't beat my right. And which was hiding in the bottom back is like we talked about earlier, you know, my front zone was, Darth Revan, my Darth Revan outsped him. So he was going to need to do something different. Um, it was the CLS team we talked about earlier in General Grievous. And I just made him use counters out front. And then he got to the back and realized, oh, I used my, I'm assuming, used his Supreme Leader Kylo against Darth Revan and then couldn't beat yeah. right. You know? That's <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it. I, I say it was easy because... Well, actually, his de his defense <laughs> was easier because he kept the Galactic Legends for offense. That that was the only time that happened this week, though. Um, what about your round two? How did you do round two? Yeah, so round two was, uh, I mean, it, it was pretty similar to the, the first one. Uh, the guy had four Galactic Legends. Well, it was similar in the sense that he had four Galactic Legends and that I beat him really bad. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, so I've been trying my, uh, I've been trying that strategy that I was kind of mentioning of just going full efficiency. So I kept all three Galactic Legends this time. And uh, so he, he uh, 
after looking at his defenses and his history, he surprised the hell out of me because he typically kept like three uh, Galactic Legends uh, or he kept at least two Galactic Legends on defense and had some other good teams. And in this case, he actually, uh, he, he ended up keeping everything except for Sith, his relic, he, what was it? He had relic seven, but only two Zetas on his Sith Eternal Emperor. He put him on defense and everyone else, every single good squad, basically he kept for offense. Like he had, a, he had some good like banner stealing teams, but it was a total shift from what he normally does. And so it, it was, it wasn't that I was like pretty worried about it. Actually. I, I ended up getting a really good score. I used Jedi training Ray or no, not Jedi training, just Ray to solo his Sith eternal emperor. And then after that, I, I went as crazy efficient as I could. I ended up with, uh, I think I ended up dropping a total of like 20 banners and like seven of that was in fleets. So I was really efficient. And then he tripped up once on my commander Luke team up front and uh, full cleared me except for the back zone, uh, except for my fleets where at that point he had dropped so many banners, he couldn't mathematically win. So he just did, he did like little tiny attacks on me just so that uh, the next person who wants to scout me in GA history could see exactly what fleet comps I started with, which was great. And then um, he also sent me a message. I had just sent him one like, hey, like, look like it looks like it's going to be an efficiency match. Haha, you know, and he, he sent me a, a message that uh, basically swore at me and then he left. <laughs> um, and so I'm trying to spread the word that that guy is kind of a dick, but uh, yeah, so he, I, I won and he's a dick. That was it. I'm glad I beat him so soundly. He deserved yeah. it. How yeah. did your match go solo? Um, so my, my second round, talk about guys being a dick. He, he wasn't personally a dick swearing at me, but on, on defense in the bottom, he set Supreme Leader Kylo with zombie cheese. He set... Ray L3 Zaris, and then he said Jedi Knight Luke Weed with Old Ben and a fast Hoda. And um, and I'm not playing that game for you. <laughs> but not again, at least, I should say. So I, I knew this guy was going to set ridiculously hard defense. And this was one of the first rounds where I, I completely changed up my defense, like where they are on the board, what teams I use. I actually brought Fin Fin Poe on offense just because I needed another strong team um, on, I just needed another strong team on offense. Cause I knew how ridiculous of a team he set. And uh, the one thing I did is I moved all of my tough teams to the front. So he opened up, you know, the game and um, all of my hardest teams were in the front because I knew he was going to struggle and struggle. He did. Uh, he couldn't beat my Ray in the front bottom. So he only cleared the top. Meanwhile, I was kind of prepared for such a strong defense. And I, I will say with Jedi master Luke, that Supreme leader, Kylo Daka zombie team, uh, this was on our Friday night stream. And I, I remember somebody writing in chat. I, I looked away for 25 seconds and the match was over. <laughs> like Ma Jedi master Luke just destroyed that team so fast. It was embarrassing. Um, that was probably the highlight of that match. Yeah, you wrecked him pretty good. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
All right, so that was our middle rounds. We're both 2-0 and going into the championship. How did your third round go? Um, yeah, so we're in the finals. Uh, I was 5-0, and and I was like, man, how can I – I'm going to mess this up. The, my opponent is from uh, Ka or Cobra Ka or whatever they're calling themselves. They're Kaing themselves now. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so – of course, he's going to leave a good defense. He's already beat two guys at five, with 500K lifetime banners, so he, he's good. He knows his stuff, clearly. And uh, so looking at his history, I saw that he had, in his first match of 3v3, he had lost to the Bastila Sean uh, Watt and Master Luke team. And then after that, he had placed it every time. And I was like, I bet that that's how he beat them. I bet that he just placed that team and just wrote it. And he also, like, he always placed, even in the last 3v3 round, uh, or 3v3 season, he placed Ray on defense. And um, also Darth Revan was a staple on his defense, even in the the last season. So I was like, all right, let's, let's actually, let's do test my, my theory. Like last time it just turned into a crazy efficiency match. And I won that pretty, pretty uh, conclusively. Let's see if I can, you know, do that when he actually has good teams on. And so I used, so he did, he placed the defense that I thought he was going to place. I, uh, I used Ray, uh, the Ray mirror match, which I have a video out for, uh, which I practiced a lot. Uh, I got 53 on that. I got, I used Supreme Leader Kylo to solo his Jedi Master Luke team with Bastila and Watt, um, for 55 and then i used a what was it a jedi master luke with jedi jedi knight luke lead and shock t to get 53 or 54 on his darth revan which is kind of expensive but as we were saying before like that squad is really great on defense so and after that i could i killed everything the the thing that sucked about that match was I had been telling people, okay, guys, I'm trying this efficiency thing. I was, you know, I was like, I think it's time for a shift. We're going to like have a perfect offensive round. And then my first attack was Nice Sisters against Grievous. And um, he had put a ton more tenacity on Magna Guard than I had expected. And I couldn't get past his taunt. And I lost my very first fight <laughs> against General Grievous. And I was like, well, that's embarrassing. There goes um, the efficiency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm like, guys, we're shifting to efficiency. Watch. Everyone's like, wait, did you just fail your first attack? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we don't have 90 people watching. Whatever. You have 90 people watching. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, yeah, it was embarrassing. But uh, after that, I still ended up with a pretty good score. I was very efficient on the rest of it. Um, and he ended up dropping two against my Commander Luke team. He one-shot everything else, including my fleets, which has never been done. No one's ever one-shot my fleets uh, as as I've uh, positioned them, though he did have all of his good fleets uh, available. Uh, but I still, even if he hadn't failed against Commander Luke, actually, uh, so if I gave him 30 more points, I still would have beat him by, like, 12. Like, I beat him pretty <laughs> bad. So, yeah. uh, pretty, pretty great win. Um, a pretty strong win for me. Uh, and I'm 6-0, and oh, which... I'm not saying it's impossible. I could I could go eight and four this season. It's looking less and less likely though. Yeah. So um, very happy with where I'm at right now. How about you, Solo? Yes. Uh, well, I, you know, I was came in five and zero oh on the season as well. My guy. So he had three Galactic Legends, and 
but at Locke, his Jedi Master Luke was only gear 12, which I, I kind of didn't realize before I go in, went in. So I, I was planning on a gear 13 R7 Jedi Master Luke that I was going to have to fight. But thankfully, it was still only gear 12. But he sent or set a front bottom of Rayhan Chewie and then Jedi Knight Luke lead with his Jedi Master Luke and GK, which I thought was actually a clever team to use because the crit hit immunity coming from uh, General Kenobi, you know, it's like, you know what? Uh, my Supreme Leader Kylo probably could beat this team, but I'm not going to use him on that team. Um, so I ended up using Jedi Master Luke with gas. And uh, honestly, it was, uh, that, that was another fast, fast fight. Um, the Jedi Master Luke lead, I, I know people have a lot of complaints about it, but being able to do 60k true damage <laughs> on that ability and just spamming 60k, 60k, 60k left and right, not having to worry about crits, not having to worry about, you know, any any damage modifiers or anything. It's just, boom, 60k. Two hits, GK, you're dead. Uh, Jedi Knight Luke. Three hits, you're dead. Jedi Master Luke, three hits, you, you're you dead. Um, it just clears that team so fast. In Rampage, it was Jedi Knight Luke lead, Jedi Master Luke, and General Kenobi. Um, it, it just, I mean, that fight, it was another fight that I was worried about and spent like all day overthinking, basically. Yeah. And it was <laughs> and it was done in 25 seconds. It was like, oh, all right, well, you're dead. Um, then Ray Han and okay. Chewie, which I... I understand why people set, but I still don't understand why people set. If you actually look at the numbers on SWGOH.GG, it's like the worst holding Ray team that they've taken stats for. I mean, it stole banners because I used Supreme Leader Kylo, but that's all it did. It stole some banners from me. Um, it was an easy enough win. And after that, it, it, his back zone was tougher than I expected it to be, but I, I had enough kept for offense that I could clear. I just needed to stretch my teams a little bit. And then uh, since he had two Galactic Legends on defense and he had a slower Darth Revan, he needed, I'm guessing, uh, he needed something heavy to take out my Darth Revan because he had a loss when he lost to it the first time. Uh, it, it was clear that he backed out and then was able to clear it the second time. Usually to me, that means he used the Galactic Legend <laughs> to clear it the second time. Oh. And, and then um, he couldn't beat my Ray. So all three rounds, Ray uh, never fell, which I am quite happy with. Uh, I haven't been full cleared yet this season, which is very enjoyable. Um, <laughs> you know, it really takes the the fear out of it when you know you haven't been full cleared. Meanwhile, I so as Nev would say on GA Center, I, I got the triple crown this week. It was uh, three full clears, no losses, and you know that's six and zero. Oh. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I I was disappointed that you didn't have a win with Greedo. Honestly. I yeah I completely forgot about it to be honest with you that is 100% my fault um 
And the worst part is, so Sunday night, you streamed before me. And so, like, probably a half hour before I went into that uh, Resistance Hero Bros fight, I was like, oh, man, Zareth is using Greedo. I need to remember this for the feat because I'm currently undefeated and I probably should try a feat (laughs) or two. Um, And then... (laughs) I just 100% completely forgot it. Like 30 minutes later, it's like, oh, damn it. Somebody in chat was like, why didn't you use Greedo? I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't know. Because um, I'm an idiot, right? Not, I'm not calling you an idiot. No, I know. Clear, but yeah. yeah like, no, no, I, I, I own that one. I own that one. That's, I can relate. Absolutely. That is on me. Um, but I did use Wedge Lead. We talked about that earlier. And Wedge with Han and Chewie. For those of you that don't remember Wedge Lead, it's actually a pretty good Grand Arena lead because it's it gives Rebel Allies 30% offense. So you're stacking 30% offense on Han and Chewie, which is always a good thing. And then there's a ton of health recovery and turn meter gain in there as well. So uh, that Wedge Lead against the Resistance Hero Bros works basically every time. Um, it works every time. <laughs> or at least it has so far. Six six rounds in, it's worked every time. Uh, no, it's, it's pretty cool, man. I, I love it. Yeah. So I'm actually, I just uh, just claimed the last feat uh, for the week. The, the fleet wins. And I am rank number 17. Well, that doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm number 17. That's awesome. I, I, I think hmm. I'm still in the... Yeah, I'm currently sitting at 222. Um, oh well. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm like 60 banners off of top 10, and yeah. that that gap's gonna grow. Even if I did somehow get top 10, right? This season, I or not top 10. Even if I did somehow go undefeated, I'm. I'm not gonna get top 10. There's just no way. I'm not. I, the guys I'm facing, I'm gonna fail some attacks. So yeah, <laughs> like. But yeah. it's still cool to be that close right now. It, yeah, for you. I mean, well, I'm happy. I will probably make a solid, as long as things don't go sideways, I'm going to try and make a solid top 100 run. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I hope you can stay up there as long as possible. Yeah, dude. I hope so, too. Thanks. We'll see. I mean, really, the one I care about is my alt, which we'll get to. In fact, we should probably make uh, make some progress toward that. We probably should. We can move on to the next section, um, which is actually podcast questions. Uh, so let's let's dig into these because we we actually I I have enjoyed the podcast questions that were submitted this week. Yeah, they're good. I I don't know if we have time for all of them. We might. Well, I, I think that no matter what we do, this podcast is just going to be a little longer. So let's, let's give it the old college try. Um, sure. So there's a lot of actually JTR and resistance team questions in here. So the first one is never had an opportunity to get JTR or Zetas. Uh, and now there's obviously a lot of competition for Zetas. So is it still worth it to gear her past 12 if I'm not going for Ray? And then he puts in parentheses, although that might change based on light side territory battle. Um, and if so, what would be the essential Zetas to make her serviceable? 
Um, uh. And I, I know that you probably have a stronger uh, <laughs> opinion than me, but honestly, so I, I've always loved all three of her Zetas. It, like the one, the one that lat makes me laugh so hard because people are like, that one sucks is the one that she dispels uh, debuffs on her 40% of the time because it makes her unstunnable, really. Like, yeah. as if you're just trying to hit her a lot, like eventually she's just going to dispel because everyone has debuffs on their basic and stuff. So I love that one. The the one, it, so if you don't want to run Jedi Training Ray, which like my alt doesn't use her that much. She's only gear nine right now. And my BB-8 is only gear nine. Like and the rest of my resistance is gear eight. It's, it's not great, but I still use it to kill gear 12 teams. You need her leadership. 100% need her leadership. That is yeah. by far the best one. The other two are good and I recommend them. That's the one I would say. What about what what are your thoughts, Solo? Uh I mean, if you're if you're actually going to use her um and I, I think she has problem is, let me back up. If you're not going to use resistance, she'll be worthless cuz she needs BB8. She needs she needs her team around her. Um, but if you're going to use her, all three Zetas can come in very clutch. Um, with that said, and it, it, she is like the ultimate galactic legend cleanupper, just not Supreme Leader Kylo, because Supreme Leader Kylo is going to uh, just feed off of all the turn meter removal. But you know, that undispellable healing immunity is huge. And I used her, oh God, what team did I, this is a couple seasons ago. I was using her as a fifth against somebody and you stole the idea from me. It was her and Cassian that we used for healing immunity. It might've just been CLS against Darth Revan teams because of Malik. Um, she, you know, she applies healing immunity that they can't dispel. And that is huge for a lot of the characters that came in the game. So with that said, with, what Zeta she needs, uh, all of them. Uh, the, her kit is really, uh, all of those Zetas are huge. Um, oh, there it is. CLS against KRU. I'm glad somebody remembered. Uh, she is the way that you could beat KRU with CLS and not have it go four and a half minutes when it's a Relic 7 uh, KRU uh, because she applies that healing immunity and then they just get stuck. So I, I do think that you need all of them. If you're going to run her with the other resistance, then you you at least need the lead uh, because that lead is what makes resistance so strong of all those exposes. You know, you, you don't run a lot of attackers in that team, but you don't need to because they're, they're exposing on every crit and that's doing 20% max health damage. You know, you basically turn R2 into an attacker. Right. Well, and, that, and that's just the thing. Like you don't need a ton of gear for that squad. Like it's all exposed yeah. damage. And so, you know, and you have so much control that a lot of times if you play it well, you don't really get hit very often either. Mm-hmm. I will, yeah, I, I will say if you don't have all the Zetas on JTR, you do want to have um, the Zetas on BB-8. That way you can stealth everybody but BB-8. BB-8 gets foresight because um, it's applied and 
BB-8's constantly healing because JTR is technically a tank, even though she's not really a tank. Um, but so to make that team work, you need at least three Zetas. Yeah, I mean, you do need some Zetas on that team, 100%. Yeah. So. All right. So next podcast question is we're trying to, since this is apparently resistance week, um, this person does not care for resistance at all and is trying to limit the gearing they have to do. So JTR is relic seven because this person went for Jedi master Luke. Is there any viability for her on a non-resistance team or do you foresee any way to maximize you, her utility without other high geared high relic resistance characters and probably more than a year away from actually facing this problem, but questions, the above question got them thinking. Um, Honestly, you're not going to use JTR in many other teams because she's, you know, there's the CLS against first order team that I mentioned. Um, She's not a good tank because she doesn't taunt. So maybe if you build a team, with Watt and you throw the taunting tech on her, I, you know, you you could do it that way. But other than that, I I don't see a ton of uses for her outside of a resistance build. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like just, just get, get a few. If you find them distasteful, that's fine. They are so strong. Like the, the two hero bros like, R2-D2 is just good anyways in a lot of different other teams, but he's great with Ray and BB-8 is wonderful. And like, to me, it's a no brainer. Like even my alt who, you know, I don't, I don't have a great resistance squad. I still get a lot of use out of them at lower gear levels. Like in, in my opinion, like just, just work on them, work on them a little bit and have them be like a cleanup squad. At least I, I don't know where you're right. at in the game, but like, that squad has a ton of utility at low gear levels. Like you can, tonight you can go get them at decent, uh, you know, at, at decent utility. And yeah, she has to be relic seven. Uh, so that is a little awkward. Like but <laughs> it, it would be weird to have like a relic seven Jedi training Ray with gear eight and nine, uh, like BB eight and hero bros. But I actually think that works against a lot of comps. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, even at low gear levels, like, you know, Fort Mort was in the stream earlier today uh, and maybe still is. Um, I think his resistance is like gear eight or I think it's gear eight and maybe one of them is gear nine. And he will take on like first order teams without hucks that are like gear 11. So it's a team that very, very easily uh, hits up, especially uh, when you have the right Zetas on them, because that ma- the exposed damage just does so much actual damage and the healing immunity to stop them from healing, depending on who you're using them against. Right. Well, and all the control with all the yeah. turn meter reduction. And yeah, that's just, it is just a very good, very strong team. And the more you practice with it, the more you realize how, how uh, strong it really is in, in the hands of a, an experienced player. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone up against First Order and the entire First Order team is ability blocked or stunned. <laughs> and so it's like they're not doing anything. 
just because it's a pure yeah. it's a pure control team like that that's what JTR is it's a control team you spread the stuns you ability block you know the tank so they can't get a taunt off you daze them and then you just keep stealing their turn meter uh, every time you use a special which BB8 spamming a special every 10 seconds so yeah yeah all right with that said, let's move on to a different faction. Uh, and this one is actually, this is a faster question. Uh, Thrawn is useful in many Galactic Legend comps. Is it still worth it to get his ebb and flow Zeta? And that's the one, that's not his leadership one. Uh, that is so, not. So yeah, it, yes, totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, like you want to use Thrawn with Vader and you want to counter Ray in 5v5? that ebb and flow Zeta is going to be hugely useful. Like there's some comps, like you, if you take full Empire, there's some comps that he never comes out. Uh, like if you take Thrawn lead, he, he never comes out of that Fracture yeah. because of that Zeta. So yes, that is a really important one still. Um, like it, it, the usefulness of that Zeta has kind of ebbed and flowed over the time <laughs> oh, of its being out, but um Right now, it's it's absolutely an important one. Right. If, if you want to counter Galactic Legends, you get it. So, and even you don't even need it for Galactic Legends. If you just run EP Palp Thrawn, um, and you know, like Shore Trooper or somebody else, that that Zeta lets you take out so many teams. So it is you mix that with Merciless, and you're in very good shape. All right. Next one is a Sith Eternal Emperor question. Since most the most viewed and responded to thread on the forums is currently sad Sith Eternal Emperor owners complaining that they don't know how to use them. And uh, when do you think CG will delete that thread and continue to ignore them? And just for the record, this was asked by somebody who has Sith, Sith Eternal Emperor and uses them quite well. Um, Realistically, do you think that there's going to be a buff to uh, GL Palp? I'll change the question a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. I. Who knows? I don't. Yeah. I don't know him that well. Uh, he's he's kind of this really scary part of the game that I just don't want to have to deal with uh, right now because I'm still trying to learn all of the Jedi Luke stuff because that people in my area of the game, the you know. People who've been playing for a long time all have Jedi Master Luke unlocked instead of Sith Eternal Emperor. Uh, that said, I he's pretty strong against certain things, yeah. against a lot of things. In fact, five v five, I think he's he's not going to be good on defense. On offense, he seems like he's he's good to go though. And I I'll be honest, I'll be surprised if neither of the two new galactic legends i i'll be very surprised if they don't get a buff of some sort in in the future whether or not it's because of their current power levels or because uh something else happens in the game is up in the air uh i think i think he will get a buff at some point just to make it so that people can't trooper him to death <laughs> in 5v5 but maybe maybe He'll get a buff in the form of a new character, like a you know he'll get like a Malak yeah. kind of character to protect him a little better. I, I don't know. Or what maybe, maybe, well, Sith. I don't know. Um, I think 
anyone that currently has Jedi Master Luke and has had him for more than three or four weeks is in love with their Jedi Master Luke and doesn't really think he needs that big of a buff. I mean, the toughest toughest team out there right now on defense in 3v3 is Jedi Master Luke. Um, I think part of the problem with Sith Eternal Emperor is not a lot of people have him still. And we see the same cycle every time a legendary comes out of before he's released, he's going to be amazing. The week after he's released, everybody says he sucks because they don't have all the Zetas, or in this case, they don't have the ultimate, or they don't have this, or they don't know how to mod him. They haven't found the proper teams yet. A week later, they found the proper team, and then the other half of the game saying, it's awful, there's no free-to-play way to beat this guy, it's going to break the game, and he's just horrible, and then... The following week, we find a counter and, you know, everybody just kind of moves along like nothing ever happened. The thing with Palp is because, like you said, so many of us were just so we were so close to Jedi Master Luke. I mean, I think I had to gear up, what, five characters for Jedi Master Luke. That's why I got him first. Yeah, no brainer. Not many of or most people went for uh, Luke first. And so there's still not that many uh, palps out there. There just isn't. Um, So I I think the normal life cycle of a legendary is just delayed because some of the best theory crafters in the game just don't have them yet. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, that's, and that's exactly it. I mean, you know, nothing against people who like to spend money and who already have, you know, both Sith Eternal Emperor and uh, and Jedi Master Luke. Like the the best theory crafters in the game are the guys who are gonna who have been playing for a really long time and have that established base. And people who spend a ton of money and have both of them because they spend a decent amount. And I I'm not that close. Like if I wanted to just start uh, farming tickets for Sith Eternal Emperor, I'd still have to spend like three hundred bucks right now. Yeah. don't have that money and you know so you know nothing against those guys there's just hasn't been the high volume of testing that's going on like yes some very good players have Sith eternal emperor but like you and me have said before people call us theory crafters and we're not we're like we're like Tinkers. i don't know yeah like we will take a team and put our own spin on it and sometimes we'll come up with a good counter or whatever but like you know I, I would say that it's more like we're good at finding ways to apply these things and make them practical, uh, yeah. you know, like that, that's our strength. And so if we got, if we already had Sith Eternal Emperor, I'm not sure that you and I would actually come up with it. Like we, <laughs> that we would have come up with anything, even though, even as I would say that you and I are both good players, like it just, we don't have, we need the volume of testing that, and that just doesn't exist. 2000 people have Sith Eternal Emperor, you said, like. It's, yeah, it's 2,500. And a lot of those people, a lot of the people who have those are going to be in younger shards because they don't, and they're going to be people who spend money uh, on the game. And they're like, oh, well, that Jedi Master Luke isn't available. I'm just going to go for Sith Eternal Emperor and wait until I get enough Rolo shards or whatever. So, right. So to me, it's just a question of that or you know a matter of there's not there's not testing yet and yeah. so yeah it, you made that argument so i just thought i'd say it again for some reason yeah i i think 
I think we're going to see a lot more from Sith Eternal Emperor in the next month. Um, you know, because a lot more people are going to get him. It was almost five to one between Jedi Master Luke and Sith Eternal a couple of weeks ago. And now it's more like three to two <laughs> because Jedi Master Luke is almost 6,000. Sith Eternal is at 2,500. So he's starting to catch up. He's starting to catch up. Um, he's just not there yet. And there's less playtime with him. Yeah. Um, and for the record, the person that asked that question swears by him and swears he's uh, amazing on offense. And I actually, uh, I believe him as well. So there is that as well. Um, all right. So moving on, next question is, um, <laughs> which galactic legend do you think you would take to Relic 8 first, which non-galactic legend, and what current R7 tunes beside the galactic level galactic legend requirements will never go to R8 in your mind? I mean, it's impossible to tell because we don't, like I said, if there's speed, then characters like Stark might end up at Relic 8 way sooner than you might think they deserve it. I'm not saying that it will be Stark exactly, but Stark likes having a lot of speed. If it's like Relic 8 gives plus 25 speed to anyone who gets it and that's it <laughs> right the, like then uh, that changes the equation uh, quite a bit because a lot of galactic legends i don't actually care that much about just raw speed that really like some like master luke probably yes so i mean that question is a good one but at the same time it's impossible to really answer it if it is just like in general like a lot of good stats and stuff Supreme Leader Kylo is a pretty obvious one because he increases his mastery. And if he gets an increase in mastery in uh, in Relic 8 and he can just like build on that, I just, uh, yeah. you know, he, he and plus he is one of them that really relies on just being able to punch really, really hard. So the higher, you know, that's going to be good. Um, you know, really like the attacker characters are going to be probably benefit the most from it in if it's just generalized stats, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think? I, I mean, I just, uh, and I have the same gearing philosophy for everything. It's arena first, then I'll decide from there. So, you know, I'm currently running Jet, Jedi Master Luke in arena. If there's speed, fast Jedi Master Luke is a good one because you can get that ability block and breach out faster. Um, if it's not, uh, it would push his protection up and his crit avoidance. And that is also something very good for my arena team. So my, my first reaction would be arena team first. Um, for non-galactic legend carrier or character, it would probably be Jedi Knight, Luke, or Gas, one of the two off the top of my head. And uh, for what current R7 tunes wouldn't go R8, any of my pilots, unless R8 will give them more speed, then General Kenobi, unfortunately, will have to go R8, and I will be cursing left and right. Uh, and <laughs> more, thank you. Uh, thank you for the gifted sub there. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my general thoughts. I mean, all the Galactic Legends in my mind um, would uh, will get R8 at some point 
at some point fast compared to the other characters, just because the Galactic Legend Zeta just boosts their stats so much more. Um, you know, but yeah. based on what we know, that's that's what I'll go with. Sure, uh, you know, <laughs> they're going to make it essential. So here's here's the other twist, I guess. So, uh, you know, and this is going to sound cynical, but the, the fact is, usually when they have, when they put out a new, like, way to advance a uh, character or, or whatever, um, they're usually some kind of content connected to it. In this case, it's the Rancor. And yeah. frankly, it's like, Rancor, we're going to need new strategies, new comps, all this stuff. Uh, yep. And... So it may end up being a really oddball first Relic <laughs> 8. Like, or maybe true. we do Supreme Leader Kylo first because it's a no-brainer and it's going to affect every uh, aspect. <laughs> but then after that, it's... Did you guys just seriously say the hype train? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> you guys are so funny. <laughs> Gig, Dr. Zeppers. <laughs> More thank you very That's much. so funny. <laughs> Uh-huh. Choo, 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 shut up and take it. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me Z because my name sounds like it starts with a Z. Uh, oh, we will gladly take a hype train. Don't you worry more. And only Mary J, thank you. We're now just Please. hit level two. Thank you guys um, <laughs> so much. All right. Um, uh, yeah, let me write down the time here. Yeah, it's, it's 2.11. Yeah, 2.10-ish. All right. Um, <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, so it, the next one may end up being something weird, like like Scarifable Pathfinder Relic 8 or something. Something just like you never want to actually give him relics in the first place. But you, it's like, well, if you don't have Scarifable Pathfinder in, the, in the, your tier two composition, you're not going to get any damage at all. Right. So it's, that's why I had POW at gear 12. Um, <laughs> you know, before uh, Mon Mothma, because POW was used in that Chexmix team. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like Greedo, uh, that's the Greedo has gear 12 for me right now because he was a good character. Well, he was decent in the right. tank or in the Sith raid. So. He came in handy for the first time ever since the Sith raid yesterday. For that <laughs> <Yes>. feat. <laughs> for that feat. <laughs> and he almost cost me more banners than he should. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. it's just so who knows? Who, who knows what the next one's going to be? Uh, I almost guarantee I won't appreciate having to put Relic 8 on a lot of the first characters I put it on. I'll say yep. that. <laughs> and Zeppers with another gifted sub. Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, next question is, this should be a good one. Uh, in your opinion, what makes a cheese team? And what's the difference between strategically using game mechanics and cheesing the game mechanics? That's a great question. Um, and I'm sure you have a strong opinion on it, Solo, I do. actually. Uh, <laughs> I do. Which isn't a bad thing. I, I tend to just, I think that cheese is actually too broadly applied to things 
I use it to kind of describe things like people call the the general Skywalker fives uh, Chewie team, for instance, like it counters Supreme Leader Kylo pretty well in 3v3. Um, I tend to call that, uh, uh, well, people call it the cheese team. And so I use that phrase to describe it. Um, Other people use cheese to describe like just putting really bad character or squads on defense. Uh, You know, they cheesed their defense. And it's almost like one of them has uh, someone, one of them is used in the pejorative of like, you know, oh man, he just uses the cheese. Like that's ridiculous. I know that's how they used to use it in like Warhammer 40k, a game I used to play Um, competitively. They used to say, oh man, he cheesed things so bad. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just a, you know, like it, it's a pejorative. It's it's a negative thing that they say about it. Like, oh, he can't win without using this cheese. And other things, it's like, well, he he cheesed it. Like he put something really bad in. He's trying to lose. I don't, our player base needs to get their crap together and actually agree on what, what it is, in my opinion. But uh, so first, thank you, Morton Gig, again. Um, so my definition of cheese is basically an endless loop. Like the Supreme Leader Kylo Daka zombie interaction. Basically, anytime zombies involved, I'm going to call it cheese because it's just a constant endless loop that you can't get out of. And I think that's a problem, especially in 5v5 where uh, zombie is losing her health so you can't even dispel her because, like, say you have Bastila on your team. Bastila's uh, dispel will kill her in an instant, and it just brings her back, and she has advantage. And I don't think that's using a game mechanic. I think that is 100% pure cheese of it's, it's just this interaction that you can't get around. Like, the meanwhile, the gas fives chewy thing i actually think that i would call that cheese as well because it's it's broken game mechanics of this character just doesn't use his kit i i think both of the things should be fixed immediately um they're not going to i know they're not going to i i just think i i think it's more than abusing a game mechanic. I, I think situations like that are, <laughs> oh God, uh, uh, situations like that are, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's against the general feelings of uh, working as intended. I just think it's so low on CG's priority list that we're never going to see it. Like the, the um, Night Sister Raid Cheese team is obvious. It just creates this infinite loop. Like that's it. it, You're not playing the game. You're just looping. Um, So that's what I think it is. At least, you know, when you say let's get on the same page, that's the page I'm on. Everybody come join me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I tend to think that that's how it should be used. Uh, Just trying to use the cheese, like trying to abuse some interaction that wasn't ever intended as, as an interaction. That, that's right. that's how I would personally define it. That being said, I I've generally come down on the side of, I mean, I don't I don't think that cheese is cheating. 
because that's that's what it is in the game like cheating would to me would be to get you know like an apk and like a, an external thing to come in and and change things that you know were right. absolutely you know are not allowed normally um can cheese be annoying yes 100 yeah. percent is am i okay with it uh it's available to me i guess i am <laughs> i i have the I have the cheese team for with fives, uh, you know, modded the way that is because it's a viable counter. And yeah, do I think it should be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a nice off meta counter available for a, a team that doesn't have other off meta counters, really. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I come down. I'm honestly more offended by the Night Sister cheese team. I've hated it since before Galactic Legends. Uh, I just I they did not think out zombie when they released her and then they fixed her quote unquote fixed her, but they really didn't think about the fix and the massive implications for the fix. And I, I just think zombie is one of those characters that I, I, I would bet CG would take back if they could. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see what the new raid stuff is going to have. Yeah. Uh, with, with regards to z- <clears throat> zombie, because people are going to find a way to, abuse it i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure uh, all right let's let's now the hype train is over i do want to acknowledge it thank you so much everyone man hey guys we we honestly don't expect it when it's po- uh, podcast time so it, to get it it's truly truly appreciated um it really is guys thank you so much with that said let's get to the last podcast question then we could probably get out of here um so the last question is Finn and the bros are, which is the Finn Finn Poe team are easily countered by Han and Chewie. So does it really make sense to constantly put them on defense? Is it a situation of you're putting them on defense to draw out a good team or is it just, you know, what people do? Uh, Finn and the bros easily beat most channel previous teams on auto. Why doesn't that get more traction? Um, I don't know. Why do you put Finn and the bros on defense? <laughs> uh, but beats them on auto have people tested that that sounds uh, ludicrous i, hate I mean it I, I can say see it, it beats but... them on it beats it on auto i'm like yeah does it really i i doubt it but um but maybe it does but no i i think that it's a valid question like i've said it i i, I said it last week of i'm eventually going to take them on offense they're a great team on offense, uh, and and honestly, they'll get decent banners. the The thing is, they are a very strong team on defense, and they do draw uh, the Commander Luke team because the Commander Luke team will, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it's a good, or rather, the Han and Chewie team. It, it yeah. is a good team. I think that everyone puts it on defense right now, just out of default, because it is a very strong team. If someone doesn't. So, okay, so here, here's the biggest thing for me is if someone uses their Commander Luke team on something else, that team is a PETA to take out. They have to use yes. either Commander Luke or, or whatever, Han and Chewie. They have to use Han or Chewie or they have to use like Jedi Knight Revan or better. They yeah. have to, they have to. And so that that's what the value of that squad is. You can, be you, you see every once in a while that gaudy number of people, someone's like, they took them 10 attacks to get through. And that's totally accurate. That's that's how yeah. it works. Yeah, I, I well, I 
brought them on offense one out of the three rounds this time because I needed them on offense. But I like them in the back zone, hiding behind CLS, hiding behind my Darth Revan because hopefully they used their Han and Chewie to take out my CLS team. And if they do, they have to go into the back and overkill it. So I, I think it's one of those teams that can ease people can easily be trapped with. Um, but yep. I, I see, I 100% see the value on offense. I just, you know, I set my Darth Revan, Padme and CLS on defense when they're fantastic offensive characters as well. I just think it's another team that needs a strong a strong counter. Right. And you have to do that. You have to put teams down that you would like to use on defense or that you would like to use on offense normally. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yes. Yes. I almost always get one shot, but the times that I don't, it's usually epic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move towards the end of this and wrap it up because we're running really long today. So, Real quickly, you know, we both have alts that are doing very well. You know, mine was 12-0 and last season. Yours has been 12-0 and for the past 18 seasons. Um, how'd your alt do this week? Oh, you know, <laughs> you probably do, actually. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I know you know, but yeah. uh, people listening, I this week, there, no one in my pod was good i I hate (laughs) saying that like one of the guys has put up a pretty credible defense but then he couldn't even beat one zone and actually two two of my opponents couldn't even beat one of my zones (laughs) like they they failed to clear i think i think that's accurate like for sure my final my my finals match the guy couldn't clear my darth revan and he couldn't clear something up top something I don't really have anything good up top. Oh yeah, it was my Assage zombie uh, spirit team. So I think I I think my semifinals and finals opponents couldn't clear e- any of my zones, and my first opponent cleared a couple things. So and and I got full clears with no fails, triple crown. Um, I'm number two or three right now on the leaderboard in Division Two. So. Um, and I'm, I think even maybe more importantly to me, I'm at, uh, what I'm at 80, I don't know, something in the high eighties, uh, on my win streak. So, uh, continuing with that and yeah, it, it was, a, this week was a much easier week for my alt than most. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully all my other weeks will continue to be that easy. How about, <laughs> how about you solo? How did you uh, God, my all has been so I went 12 and 0 last last season. And this season, my all has just been being placed in pods with monsters. So last week, I, you know, the prior week, week one, I went two and one, but I went up against three people that had over 460K lifetime banners. This week, my first match was against somebody that had 480K lifetime banners. Now I, I got the win. Second match was kind of a, you know, kind of a gimme. But then this, the final match, I went up against somebody with 500k lifetime banners and two galactic legends to my, only my one. I got lucky and he didn't set both on defense. So he only set Ray on defense and I was able to clear his Ray with my Ray. And then it just became an efficiency match after that. And he had Kylo on offense. I had, and, you know, got a 47 somewhere and my, 
And then he got to the back zone <laughs> and he faced my Mon Mothma team and he had 10 losses to Mon Mothma, Cassian, and K2. Um, so here's a really good player gets to the back zone and just shit the bed against a uh, gear 11 Mon Mothma and gear 12 Cassian and K2, which was, I was so happy that I was able to go 3 0 this week after, you know, going 2 1 last week. Yeah, an impressive showing, my friend. Uh, yeah. You definitely had more uh, to brag about this week than my alts <laughs> did. Yeah. Uh, all right, last segment. So in a week in which we're both trying to push hard for Sith Eternal Emperor, what did you do to prepare for Grand Arena this week? Um, I prepared my <laughs> Sith Eternal Emperor characters. Yeah. <laughs> I have, yeah. I think you said you had nine more gear pieces to apply. Total. I have. Yep. I have 10 more gear pieces to apply. So I'm right there with you. Um, uh, my Piet is 90 out of 100 right now. Nice. And I will say, I said I, I, thought, I, said I thought I it would need $300 to get uh, my remaining characters up to like farming tickets. That was actually, uh, that was false. And in fact, it occurred <laughs> to me afterward, I would take like $300 to get all of my characters, like farming tickets and to be able to get Sith Eternal oh, Emperor. Yeah up to uh, the, you know, Relic 7 that I would right. want him to. I do have enough Zetas right now. I have, I have six Zetas available, so I, I could do it. Um, I'm not going to do it. I, I'll wait for, I'll wait until the next season. Cut at least a hundred bucks off of the price tag. Yep. Uh, <laughs> hopefully more than that. But <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to, hard to be patient, though. It's such a, I, I want, I want Sith Eternal Emperor for 3v3. And I guess now the CG is going to be like, oh, you wanted him for 3v3? We can Here's another that up. 3v3, yeah. yeah. Yeah, next season, 3v3. And actually, <laughs> we joke about that. And that, I mean, that that has happened. We've had 3v3 back-to-back right. -back before. So I won't be too surprised. I'll be very disappointed. But I won't be too surprised if that ends up being the case. So. Agreed. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, this week I, I got Piet to... Uh, seven stars. I threw on a bunch of, I'm just throwing on gear pieces to the three characters I've left as they kind of appear. So I, I didn't specifically gear up any one person. I've just been assigning gear, which, you know, I, I'm just, I want to be done with Sith Eternal Emperor so I can go back to side projects and have fun. I, yeah, I want, I want my, I want my uh, Mothma team, my Mothra team to be good. Right. It sucks. I, I would really like to put gear on Cassian and K2, and I can't. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, we're about a half hour longer than we normally go. So, I think that's, I think it's a good time to wrap up. I was always going to be longer, though. This one was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, yeah, it, it happens. Uh, the it goal does. is, the goal is two hours, but this, Man, the, that road ahead was too full of things. And 3v3 is honestly as frustrating as it can be. Um, it's too interesting right now to really just yeah. put it aside. There's just too much going on. So right. uh, that being said, I, I guess we can do our shout outs and call it good. Yeah. All right. Um, guys, you can find us on YouTube and Twitch, you know, uh, on YouTube and Twitch. My name is SoloBase15. That's S-O-L-O-B-A-S-S-1-5. On YouTube, Zareth is X-A-E-R-E-T-H. 
On Twitch, he is Zareth Prevails, so X-A-E-R-E-T-H underscore P-R-E-V-A-I-L-S. Uh, we both stream our Grand Arena matches every week. Um, we have a Discord page. You can find it in the information below. It is a Grand Arena-focused Discord. We have a ton of people on it, and it's quite busy. So if you have questions, please stop by, and somebody will be there to help you, even if it's not Zareth or I. Uh, and then finally, most importantly, we have a Google Doc that um, lists all the fights that we've had in Grand Arena, and it will tell you the full team we fought, full team that was used. And then the most important part and most useful part is a timestamp to link directly next to it so you can actually watch the fight and watch how the counter plays out. It is much more useful than just being told uh, a general veers lead beats an Asajj lead. Um, and with that, I think we can bid adieu. I actually, I saw the playbook started uh, streaming. So I, I think we can, on Twitch, we can raid into the playbook. And on the podcast, we can just say, hey, thanks guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. And everyone that got that hype train going, guys, uh, thank you. Thank you so much.